0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Connecting Citizens to Science podcast. I'm Dr. Kim Ozano, and together with a selection of co-hosts from around the world, we discuss the ways in which people and communities connect with research and science. We hear from patients and survivors, health workers, policy makers, scientists, and implementing research organizations about the methods and approaches that they apply to co-produce knowledge to address current global health challenges. Thank you for listening, and on to this week's episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Connecting Citizens to Science podcast. This month's series is all about improving the quality of antenatal and postnatal care in Nigeria, Kenya, and Tanzania. This episode is focused on Tanzania. Tanzania has managed to improve coverage for key maternal and neonatal health indicators across the board. For example, those attending four antenatal care visits improved from 36% to 64% over four years. There has also been an increase in the number of births occurring at health facilities from 71% to 80% in just a year. However, low quality of care remains a major bottleneck. In many cases, we know that low quality of care reduces utilization of services. And there is good evidence to say that community perceptions of the quality of local health facilities really does influence women's decisions to deliver in a facility or not. So this week's focus will be talking more about improving care quality in facilities with the overall aim of increasing demand. Our guests today are Dr. Leonard Katalambula, who is the head of the Department of Public Health at the University of Dodama, Dr. Rakia Bakar Rajab, who is the Dean at the School of Medicine at the State University of Zanzibar, and Dr. Ahmed Makwani, who is the Assistant Director at the Ministry of Health in Tanzania. So welcome to our guests, but before we get on with our conversation, let's welcome our co-host, Lucy. Lucy, welcome and how are you today? Thank you very much, Kim. Um, Well, thank you and uh, good afternoon to our
1: listeners from across the globe, wherever you're listening from us, from a sunny Nairobi. And I'm really happy to be here to host this exciting episode and uh, looking forward to really hearing from our guests. And my name is Lucy Nyaga, as Kima said, I am the country director at Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine based in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, my background is medical anthropology and public health. I have quite a number of years experience, about 20 now, working in health programming with a special focus on maternal and newborn health. My experience uh, in this area has been contributing to the programming, uh, maternal and newborn health programming, in aspects across the board of programming, management Have managed program in the Eastern Africa region, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, South Sudan, and I've also supported the design implementation and operational research and most of the projects that I've worked on as well have had components that you know deal with policy formulation based on evidence that the programs generate and I'm really happy also that this program that we're implementing has those components as well so I'm really Looking forward to hearing from our guests in terms of the program that we're implementing to improve antenatal and postnatal care and for quality improvement. I am mother of two boys, one teenager and one preteen. And uh, really the issue of uh, maternal and newborn health has really been at the core of uh, what I do, what I like, and it really excites me to, to speak about these issues. So I'm also happy that uh, our guests here from the interactions that I've had with you have the same passion as I have. So thank you everyone, back to you, Kim.
0: Thank you, wonderful to hear that, uh, two boys there as well. Um, so let's move on to uh, introducing our guests and hearing a bit more about them. Rukia, tell us about yourself, your background, where you are, uh, and a bit, a bit about your work.
2: My name is uh, Dr. Rukia Bakari. I'm working at State University Zanzibar as a lecturer in the Department of uh, Nursing and Midwifery. I have experience in teaching uh, different subjects, particularly in maternal and newborn health uh, over 14 years, and I'm very much interested in doing a different
0: kind of research on maternal and newborn health. I wonder if you could paint us a picture of Zanzibar. What are the people and communities like there? What it's like to deliver services and teaching? So paint a, a bit of a picture about the context in Zanzibar. Well,
2: uh, <clears throat> people in Zanzibar are well-educated. Nearly 90% of the people in Zanzibar, their literacy is uh, good. Most of them, they have reached a primary to secondary level education. Most of health services are provided in a free of charge particularly for the public health services. And uh, antenatal and postnatal care services are provided free of charge in most of the uh, public health services. Uh, Women in Zanzibar, nearly 99% are attending uh, the antenatal uh, clinic at least once, but there is a problem of postnatal visiting It seems that there is still a challenge. Uh, Once when they come for delivery, most of the women, they will not tend to uh, uh, come back for the postnatal services. However, this we are trying to emphasize more during the antenatal clinics, at least they should come back during the postnatal, at least now they, they are trying to pick up, but still we have some challenges. So the health system Uh, It is within a five-kilometer of coverage for everywhere in the rural as well as in urban area. In each district, we have more than uh, 10 healthcare facilities are building now, currently. Uh, Despite of all uh, effort done by the government, there are some challenges which are encountered during these healthcare services are provided in these health facilities, majority of the Zanzibar people prefer to use the public health facilities, but you may find these health facilities are overwhelmed. The issues of quality is
0: somehow compromised. So some of the main challenges there are around postnatal care and having women attend for that, and that the current health services are overwhelmed, which we're seeing everywhere, I think, after COVID as well. So let's move on to our guest, Dr. Leonard Katalambula. Welcome. Tell us a bit about yourself.
3: My name is Leonard Katalambula from the University of Dodoma. I'm the head of department public health. I'm a father of five kids, and uh, I have a background in human nutrition. And then later on, I did my master's and PhD in public health. I've been working in, in this academia for more than 14 years. I have a passion. At the University of Dodoma, I've managed to formulate and lead a youth club that is mainly addressing issues related to reproductive health among youth. And this is the youth club is is having more than 500 members, the the students from the University of Dodoma, and we address a number of challenges related to reproductive. As among, among youth in, in the country.
0: Okay, great. Thank you very much. Dr. Makwani, uh, it's a fine time to introduce yourself. Please tell us a bit about yourself and uh, to also paint that picture of the, the context, please.
4: My name is Dr. Ahmad Makwani. I'm serving as the Director for the Reproductive and Child Health uh, Section at the Ministry of Health and my Daily duties include to deal with issues on policy, strategic approaches, and and various documents related to reproductive and child youth in Tanzania to provide a roadmap in in planning and implementation of various interventions in the country. In Tanzania, currently, the health system has grown a lot. We do have uh, national hospital, and then we do have uh, zone hospitals. And the regional hospitals, then we go down to start with the primary healthcare, which starts from district to hospitals, health centers, dispensary, and community at large. So that is how the architecture of the uh, health system in Tanzania. And it has put in place a system whereby you have governance structures starting from the community dispensaries going upwards and they feed up to the national level at the ministry as well. When it comes to implementation on various uh, interventions, particularly on the uh, and CH, currently in Tanzania we would say we have reached 8.6% of users of modern contraceptive services. And uh, currently we are estimating that uh, at least uh, over 90% of our women's make uh, full visits of antenatal services. Similarly, in terms of delivery using routine data tracking, we are standing at institution delivery more than 80%. And then even the cesarean section rate, the UN indicator calls at least to be at around 5% to 15%. We are currently trending at around 11%. So we have somehow increased. However, we have some challenges. Our major challenge is the quality of services. We have been reviewing the maternal death is and we have learnt quite a lot from those mm-hmm. reviews. The independent review tells us that uh, issues of skills, skills, practice and the attitude, and stewardship, issues of self-surgery and anesthesia are contributors to the poor outcome of women in our country. We have issues again on training, particularly for pre-service training. and We have issues of governance of health systems. So that is the situation. But I'll go to the contribution of COVID-19. Before COVID-19, our coverage in immunization was very, very high. But with COVID-19, we have seen some indication that some places we are lagging behind on coverage of vaccination, particularly we have seen it in measles. And uh, to be sincere, currently we do have some high level of outbreaks of measles, but we could see some gains in some areas. For example, we saw pneumonia and diarrhea going down simply because PC was very high and was affecting those outcomes as well.
0: I just have one follow-on question that's uh, really interesting that you've already shared with us. One of the things you mentioned uh there's there's some attention needed for skills, practice and attitude. Could you explain what you mean by attitude?
4: First of all, the practice. You know the health system has grown particularly the currently we do have so many doctors as compared to when we were trending in the 80s and 70s. And the training in the 70s, it was in such a way that, doctor, you are going there, you will be alone, nobody to ask. Currently, doctors are not alone. There are so many people to ask. Uh, There are so many people uh, to consult, uh, whether directly or using available media such as telephone, a WhatsApp, and etc. What we are seeing, quite a number of cases uh, that that succumb at the end with the bad outcome. We see people keeping the cases on their own, like they are in 70s and 80s. That is practice. An issue of attitude as well, we see issues of respective care. We have come very far. We, we are talking about respective care. Uh, we are talking about uh, How do you interrelate with others? Uh, Those are the issues that come under practice and attitude.
0: Thank you very much. That's really useful. So Dr. Katalambula, you were going to talk to us about linking research with people and communities and some of the things that need to be considered. If you could talk to us about the considerations of connecting with people and communities, both in research, but also maybe in relation to this relationship between health workers and communities?
3: Whatever we are doing, we do for the community. In this context, there are several levels of community, the ministry where, or the health system where Dr. Makwani is working which set the police, and the police are going to affect the the practice. And then when we are working in in, in research, we we have to connect with the communities, being the the, the government structures or the the general population in in the community. We make evidence that is going to affect whether either police or, or practice. And finally, we see the results of what we are doing as a scientist in research, he has mentioned the pre service training as where I'm working as a lecturer. That means it is starting from the training, from the pre service, and then going down to the in service. So, connecting with communities, that means having a concern from the ministry, again, from the community, who are the consumers of the services that we are giving, is most important whenever we are designing any. An intervention program for the purpose of improving the, the situation. So what Dr. Makwana have said is quite relevant and uh, whenever we are doing research or designing interventions, should connect with the community.
0: Uh, that's great. So Dr. Rikia, anything to add about how communities can help shape health service delivery? We have a, a PhD
2: candidate where we are expecting also to have some research, we usually, again, uh, come back to the community and share the findings. How? We have this degree level students whom we are sending to the community field work, and they are going there for at least uh, six weeks, engaging to the community, working with the community, and uh, most of the research which we are doing, we are also uh, involved the students. And those findings, which we are getting from the research, then we are coming back to the community and share the findings and uh, trying to implement
0: together and planning together. Thanks very much. That's very useful. Well, um, I think finally, Lucy, I will hand over to you to explore the program a little bit more.
1: Thank you, our three doctors from Tanzania and Zanzibar for really that oversight in terms of, uh, you know, what is the relevance of what we do. So I'm happy, but also it was interesting to hear about the challenges which the program uh, is going to address. But for the sake of our listeners, I would just ask a brief overview of the program.
3: As Dr. Makwan have mentioned that we we still have a challenge, quality of service. And this project is coming in to, to address this challenge. And is going to generate evidence on the quality of service based on some few interventions that will be done. Uh, the name of the project is Quality Improvement for Integrated HIV, TB, and Malaria Services during antenatal and postnatal care. This is a global funded project and it is implemented by the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine in collaboration with the University of Dodoma in Tanzania mainland, and the State University of Zanzibar in in Zanzibar. The aim of the project is to improve the availability, but also quality of service to support capacity building, and also health system strengthening by promoting the quality of service in in selected health facilities. The intervention package comprised two, two main things. The first thing is capacity building, and this is targeting healthcare workers. Uh, there are components of capacity building that are going to be given to healthcare workers of the selected facilities. The second component is quality improvement, where we are going to test the standard-based audit on, on improving the quality of service. The the project have adapted the internationally agreed content. And this internationally agreed content have been adapted again based on the context of each country. So that means we are customized to, to meet the, the context of, of the country. And at the end of the project, we aim to show what works and how it works. And uh, that will inform the police and later on the practice And we expect at the end of the day, quality of service will be improved and the mothers and the families and the communities in general are going to benefit from the implementation of this project.
1: Thank you very much. So I'll come to you, Dr. Rukia, whatever our interventions are really the end user, who is the mother, the newborn, the child is the key aspect. So what I would want is go the step further and give us the benefits of the program. What benefits will there be to the pregnant woman? And to the community, and also to the policy level, you know, to the government of uh, both Tanzania and Zanzibar. First of all, we thank you very much for having collaboration with this
2: project from Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, and the support of Global Fund. These healthcare providers are the frontliners in providing antenatal and postnatal care services to these pregnant women. Capacity building, which is very very important. Uh, And this capacity building, we have some sort of a blended learning uh, approach. And it also will have some uh, uh, face-to-face training, which will be provided for these healthcare providers. So by getting this knowledge and skills, finally, we'll improve the healthcare for the pregnant women and newborn. The other thing for the pregnant women there is a challenge of delaying of early booking or some of the women, they are not tend to uh, for postnatal. So if this healthcare provider equips well with knowledge and skills, they will also able to convince, educate pregnant women so that the automatically the coverage of antenatal and the postnatal care will also be improved and the maternal newborn healthy also will be improved. To the community now, once when the the quality care are provided under these health facilities, probably the uh, maternal mortality will also reduce. However, this will be a a long outcome. So with this project, I'm sure we'll uh, provide opportunity for having more knowledge to the community, as well as to the pregnant women.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Makwani. Something else you think you may would want to add or emphasize in terms of the program's benefit?
4: To a great extent, we we participated very well in in setting up this uh, program. For example, uh, for the HIV programming, we have a challenge of follow up of some of the countermeasures for the HIV interventions, and particularly these challenges emanate from the majority of the. Teenagers or youth, when they become pregnant and they are found to be uh, HIV positive, usually they they tend somewhere or not to be good followers for the various countermeasures they are supposed to take. They get lost in the community. So linking linking from the medic point of view and linking all midwifery point of view, and linking of the community, it will be easier. It will be easier getting hold of these people who tend to abscond from their various countermeasures to make sure that they, they get various services in accordance with the, the CET guidelines. That's that's one. Secondly, we have a challenge of also missing some of the people when they are found to have some complications, for example, hypertension, issues of anemia in pregnancy, Um, and it's not just a health system that can manage these issues. There is an issue of the community as well to participate, for example, appropriate use of the uh, various food additives or elements of foods to make sure they don't get anemic. Those are the issues that can be very well handled in the community. And we think this program can help us somehow to address those factors. Because locally, we do have some of the regions where they adopted a real community itself leads the the process. And uh, it has been pointed from various interventions that they performed very well. And we think it multiplied the effect of medical care in improving outcome of women's and children. So linking together with the community where the, the users of our services are that they stay and making sure the community itself understands the various countermeasures. It is a positive effect in outcome of women's and children in our countries. And we think that is an area which usually the health system tends to underrate its effect. And in this case, possibly we are going to document to show that, uh, that if we, we improve the, the community interventions, uh, I will help somewhere. Let us examine, for example, the MATLAB intervention in Bangladesh, the MATLAB intervention in Bangladesh, whereby they managed to reach the MDG targets of maternal uh, or MDG 5 targets earlier, earlier in 2010. If you, you examine very well the, that intervention, you see that uh, the community intervention was so much huge uh and well anchored to the extent that it improved the, the outcome just imagine the the bangladesh institution delivered is less than 30 percent yet they managed to uh, to attain the mdg5 but you could see the heaviest the heavy weapon they used in the community interventions as well so when you capacitate the community and they take various countermeasures you get a very successful results than if you tie everything in a package of Mediki community and the midwifery community as well. That's what I would say.
1: Thank you so much. I would like to ask, because of where you sit, right, decision-making and uh, direction-giving uh, seat. what are the opportunities that you see for scaling up this project? currently we are only the project itself is only able to cover a limited number of facilities and it's only working you know in zanzibar and the mainland uh, around the dodoma area what are the opportunities for scaling up this project and also for sustaining the interventions that the project is doing currently what do you see as a policy maker as the opportunities for those two things to scale up
3: first of to all sustain
4: so first and foremost, it is important to make sure that uh, we have the clean results, the good results from the intervention. The government, the way the policies are being made, usually they examine various evidences and uh, from those various evidences, they make a decision. So I'm hoping that uh, this intervention will, will provide us some independent evidence that will complement with the other evidences to make a a good decision how to go about it with the community linkage and exploring some opportunities whereby the, the community could be the anchor for all the interventions, because uh just imagine here that you see a medic sees this this client for just a few minutes or hours, and then goes back to the community. We have other people who are very influential in the community as well, and uh, I don't think if the few minutes we uh, we we made the key, engage the engage the client would change the approach of that client. But those people who are living together with the this client are likely that they can influence a lot of things, including not even taking some of the countermeasures that we believe they are the best countermeasures. So uh, making sure we have very good results showing that we manage to break the barrier between the medic and the community. And these are the results that we got from the interventions. That would be convinced to put a very good policy. Just taking a note that uh, in Tanzania, we, we have a challenge. We have so many graduates in the street and this accounts for all graduates of all kinds. That includes the doctors and the midwives. And then we need to have community health workers who, who are semi-skilled or somehow not very well skilled. So the government is in a dilemma, is in a dilemma who, who is the best to be used. Is this person who is uh, well educated and then we impact some knowledge of uh, community approaches, or we use this person who is in the community? And we, we we give a small package so that they can help us. So this 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 study is somehow going to tell us those issues. To see how how it has been impactful to the people and how best we can we can, we can move forward. And I hope in future we can try to explore as well to see what can we do to use these highly skilled people. that can serve directly to the community as well. So those are the challenges and the opportunities we are having. Uh, ahead so that we can improve community intervention.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Makuan is looking at it very strategically from that perspective. This project, interventions are mainly focusing on some health facilities and some health care workers. We have this uh, limited period of the programming. How are we able to tap in more people who are not basically the primary target of the project so that we can be able to either within this program context, reach more people than we would normally do.
3: We invited the medical professional body and also the nurse and midwife professional bodies. During that review, it was agreed that the the material that are going to be delivered to healthcare workers are very useful and can can be accepted by professional bodies as one of the professional development training, the CPD. And the healthcare workers are going to end points for new license review during review of license. So, that is another benefit that we expect healthcare workers are going to, to benefit. Apart from the ones that have been explained in terms of the community, the facilities that is 20 from mainland and 10 from Zanzibar are going to demonstrate on the quality of service that will be given based on the the training and the quality improvement that will be done by the project. So there are direct benefits to the community in the theatre facilities at this moment, but there is a room for, for scaling up. As you have said, the opportunity for scaling up, working with the ministry from the design, the implementation, and in all the process, that means we are ensuring sustainability of the project. We know that the findings from this project are going to be consumed by the ministry and they're going to change, if possible, to change the police and the practice. The facilities are just for demonstration and the findings will be scaled up in the other parts of the country. But as I have said again, the material that uh, are going to be used in this project because they are standardized and they are based on the context, we are going to have the master trainers who are going to train the healthcare workers. And these master trainers actually are coming among the healthcare workers and among the instructors in universities. And uh, we are sure that these master trainers especially those coming from the university, they are going to have that knowledge and the skills, and the, the skills is going to be imparted to a number of students in a number of years to come. And this ensures sustainability of the project. As a, also, there is an opportunity for incorporating the material into our curriculums. The materials, the methods that are going to be used to train healthcare workers seem to be well-designed, and they impart skills, not only knowledge. They are going to impart knowledge and the skills. So we we, we have seen it is possible to adapt the material and the methodologies into our curriculums so that we can sustain the effect of of this project in a number of years to come. Uh,
1: How can this program have more impact in the context of Zanzibar and Tanzania? Over to you, Dr. Rukia. So we'll have a major
2: impact in this project whereby the the knowledge will still remain to these uh, project leaders and uh, transferred to our students and continuing teaching students of the uh, different programs, especially nurses and midwife and those medical doctors. But also as a university, we are going to establish a new program, which is a Bachelor of Science in midwifery, specifically midwife. midwife. So we come up with the idea that we needed to have a a curriculum, a program uh, specifically to produce a midwife, specifically going to work to the maternal and newborn health. I think they will acquire soft skills whereby they will uh, use those skills during their uh, provision of uh, care, do, uh, at the antenatal uh, clinics, but also that we may share with their, their colleagues so that they can uh, continue Other also to have these skills so that it is a, like a uh, continuing process whereby other uh, healthcare providers also will have the knowledge and the skills whereby they will uh, use it during antenatal and postnatal care services.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Rukia. I think, I think uh, for me, the, this captures it all in terms of the impact because uh, we can see it already being incorporated into the national uh, systems through policy as explained by Dr. Bakwani and then also into the pre-service school system training. So I think, it's, I think I'll stop there and hand it over back
0: to Kim. Thanks very much, Lucy. What an interesting conversation and the program has a lot of promise there. So very quickly, uh, in this last uh, few questions, we would like your advice for others working in research and trying to connect with communities. Any piece of advice, uh, Dr. Rukia, for those working in research and connecting with communities?
2: Uh, the healthcare provider that uh, uh, this, is pro- this project is uh, very important for, for us, for them as well, and uh, we should take it very serious especially uh, the kind of uh, uh, training which is uh, undergoing, whereby we are going to have a blended learning and as well as face-to-face uh, sessions. And uh, once when they, they, they will acquire the knowledge and skills, they should disseminate with others who are not uh, get opportunity to attend those uh, training. And uh, there should be a as a mentor eh, in their uh, working area, so that they can assist others, so that uh, at uh, finally our uh, healthcare services will be improved.
0: Great piece of advice there for any health workers. When you gain new knowledge, share that knowledge and be a mentor to others. That's great to hear. Dr. Katalamula, any advice for researchers who are trying to work with communities to improve ANC PNC?
3: We have seen earlier, and I'm sure Lucy is very conversant in this, the context where you you, you implement your project matter a lot. The issues related to understanding of the social demographic characteristics of the of the population where you are working with or where you want to generate evidence. Is most important knowing the social economic status. If if you are, you are you are building up a service or you want to encourage a service, knowing whether the the, the community may afford or not is is very important. But also the literacy level, you know, the level of acceptance of any change or anything depends on the level of literacy. That means. Whenever you are designing a a project or or a program that is aiming at improving quality of service in maternal and newborn health, one of the things that you have to consider is the the social demographic characters. But also, the second thing is the cultural and the cultural beliefs, the norms, et cetera, where you are are working with. We have experience here in Tanzania, as Dr. Makwan has explained, that we have seen a drop drop down of. uh, of the level of uptake of, of vaccine, especially after COVID-19, there there was a number of myths related to COVID-19, and they are spreading so fast. And these have made all the vaccine to be susceptible. And sometimes they are claimed that they, they, these people or the other people want want us not to to to, to give birth. It introduces sterility to the population. That means we have to to think about the context. Rukia in Zanzibar, 90, 90 to 98% of people in Zanzibar are Muslims. There are they're, they're, they're certain uh, norms in in Islamic that shape the, 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 the behavior. So whenever you are working in, in any project, you have to consider the cultural, the. The mm-hmm. and the norms, etc. But the political environment, again, it is most important that uh, whether it is favorable. We know that our our current president mm-hmm. in this country is favoring much on maternal and the newborn health. But we remember previously, the previous president was not in favor of the. Uh, birth control methods, the modern birth control methods, and uh, the context was not that much favorable. So whenever you are designing an intervention or or a project, you must be aware of the context where you are designing the project. So the advice that I I could give to these people, and uh, that's what we see in our project, and we are trying as much as we can to make sure that the project fits well within the context where we are working on.
0: Perfect, thank you very much. Uh, excellent piece of advice there. Consider context and understand your context as well and what may work or may not work. So Dr. Mkwani, how do we connect with communities better is the big question. Any advice?
4: Yeah, to connect with the community actually is working with the government. If you don't work the com- uh, the, with the government in various level of oh, it's, uh, hierarchy, you will not be able to to work with the communities. If you want to work with the communities, you should know the community leaders as well. Those ones are going to give you the key to, to open the door so that you can engage your communities better. Otherwise, there is no way if you are going to reach the communities if you just want to go there alone you need to have a team whereby you involve the government and you you, ingo- you involve the community itself via the community leaders that is the best way of reaching the communities but key to all this you need to have a sound interventions you need to know your territories because some of the issues when they attach on the community, the community becomes sensitive. The government becomes sensitive because at the end of the day, the leaders are going to lose their votes. That means you are going to clash with the community. So we need to know all these issues so that you can coin very well the interventions that are going to work very uh, effectively in your community. For example, 2020, we had a scenario whereby we had some community uh, community work uh, community health workers and the community had put some bylaws those bylaws required if uh, women for example were late in the antenatal to attend antenatal clinics or they were not attending antenatal clone cl- cl- clinics uh, if women were delivering at home they had to pay some some amount of money using the bylaws what happened those bylaws clashed with the uh, votes of leaders and we had to abolish them. So whenever we want to work with the community, we need to make sure our partner government understands the, the, the uh, interventions and the community leaders also take those interventions. And the community at large uh, knows that these are interventions we participated in, in making them available in our community.
0: Thank you very much. So really important to consider legal frameworks, political landscape, and to consider any sensitivities that are there. Thank you very much for those three wonderful pieces of advice. And thank you to our guests for participating today. Thank you to Lucy, who is a wonderful co-host, and to our listeners for tuning in. Do like, rate, share, and subscribe so that we can continue to deliver these very important voices. Goodbye for now. Bye.